Last week I said that, uh, uh, in spite of rumours to the contrary, this uh, cycle that we're facing for the next few years is very much a low inflation cycle. Um, and I think that's demonstrated by uh, the US CPI, uh, which was released last night. Uh, it was expected to generate a surge to headline inflation, and it did year on year. Headline inflation was 2.6%, uh, and that was mostly because of uh, increasing uh, gasoline prices. Uh, but when you took away food and energy, core inflation, the core CPI, was only 1.6%. And uh, that's way below uh, where the Fed is targeting. The, fa the, the Fed is targeting a 2% core PCE, which translates into a core CPI of 2.5%. Uh, and so uh, the, the Fed target is at least 100 basis points higher than where we got to in what was a feared recovery of inflation overnight. Uh, and it's going to be years before uh, we get any real inflation in the US. And we think 24, 25, there might be enough increase in inflation to move rates. But uh, there isn't going to be any movement in rates this year or next year uh, and or, or the year after, probably, like I say, 24, 25. So in addition to very low interest rates in the US, what you've got is enormous expansion of fiscal policy. And we've said before, budget deficit last year in the US was the biggest since World <coughs> War II, 14.7% of GDP. And this year, 13.9% uh, of GDP is our current estimate. And that's the second biggest since World War II. And the only reason it's lower than last year's is because the economy's growing uh, this year. Because what you've got is real strength uh, in the US economy, but you don't have the inflation which is necessary to put up short-term interest rates. But if you're in a situation where you've got very low interest rates and you've got the lowest, the most expensive fiscal policy anywhere in the developed world, the US uh, fiscal policy is much more expensive than the Euro area or Australia or pretty much anywhere, then that's an outlook for uh, a weak US dollar uh, this year. And and, and, and the year after. And so what we expect in our modelling uh, process of the Australian dollar, and the Australian dollar, by the way, has been outperforming uh, in the past year. It's been outperforming the euro. It's been outperforming the yen. It's even been uh, moderately outperforming the, the Chinese RMB. Um, what does our modelling say about uh, where we expect the US dollar to go and the Aussie dollar to go between now and the end of the end of this year. Well, uh, all of that, fisc the, the, the way fiscal stimulus works around the world economy is it provides uh, fiscal debt or government debt provides uh, the ability, uh, it increases bank reserves and allows more lending on an international basis. So you've got that second level of international liquidity hitting the market pretty much this European financial year, this Japanese financial year, and by which I mean pretty much now. And so in our modelling, what we see is the biggest shift, the biggest shift in the US dollar that we expect in this entire business cycle, we expect in the second half of this year, from the middle of this year to the end of this year. And that's when we see, expect to see the major down move 
of the US dollar and the major up move of the Australian dollar, the euro uh, and pretty much everything else. So in the quarterly presentation, I too showed two versions of both the euro model and the uh, Australian dollar model. And uh, I have a longer term version in which includes just the budget balances, the relative budget balances, uh, and those show uh, the Aussie dollar moving up and the euro moving up. But in addition to that, what I put is a shorter term model, which is more finely tuned, in which I put the bond differentials, because it's bond differentials, not short term differentials, which actually, both in theory and practice, move exchange rates around. And when I do that for the Aussie dollar, that generates uh, my short term model explains about 84% of monthly variation of the Aussie dollar. And uh, what it tells us now that we are very definitely moving into that period where you expect the Aussie dollar to move up. Our model estimate uh, has lifted uh, in recent months from just under 80 cents to now uh, 85 cents. It's um, 85.3 cents. And uh, before the up move overnight, uh, that made the Aussie dollar 8.5 cents below fair value in terms of our model. Uh, that's not as cheap as it was this time last year. March last year it was 12 cents below our model estimate and it rallied uh, towards our model estimate as a result of that. Now it's about 8 cents, but it started to kick last night. The, the, um, the Aussie dollar has been... The, U the US dollar has been strong and the Aussie dollar has been weak and the euro has been weak coming into the end of the previous European financial year, which is the end of March. We are now at the beginning of the next European financial year and you're beginning to see a recovering of the euro, uh, also a recovery of the yen because it's the beginning of the Japanese financial year and you're starting to move those, those see those move up and the uh, US dollar move down. So I think probably how I'd describe the the US dollar index at the moment, and the US dollar index is the, the market indicator that we follow as to, to watch medium short-term movement in the Aussie dollar is going to be. That it seems the US dollar index seems to be uh, perhaps building a building a top here, maybe a head and shoulders uh, pattern. I'll leave that to the technical people. But it seems to me that we are approaching a turning point uh, both in the US dollar index and a turning point in the uh, the Aussie dollar and we expect the Aussie dollar to be significantly stronger as we move into the second half of this year. Uh, not just against uh, the US dollar but pretty much against everything.